The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey everyone, here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. I mean, duh, everyone knows that. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase range, Mm. which I... Think is yeah totally, totally weird, true. but also potentially dangerous. Your I don't skull know. works as like a megaphone. Should people be doing that? Well, here's another tip for you. You also might not know about True Car. Also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly one million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience. Whether you buy new or used, and with True Car, users can see what other you. Uh, people paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they even buy it. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, uh, Richard Blaze here with Jasmine Blaze, and Jasmine's already making a, is it a face at me because I'm loud and it's at nighttime. Or no, no. oh okay, no, it was a weird video playing on my oh, Instagram. Yeah. I didn't want that, it to that, that that UFC fighter getting arrested. I didn't want to watch it. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, hot topic. I guess. Conor McGregor yeah, yeah. breaks That's into a. He went like, uh, like ham. Uh, Hulk. Yeah. Ham, Hulks, Hulks. <laughs> I only watched where he threw a hand cart, but like. It kind of looked like Double Dragon where like they just like picked up like an oil barrel and yeah. threw it through the window of a bus. But it was kind of like old school. Like I felt like it was like Tupac Biggie. Like it was old. Like he had a crew with him and they were just like taking chains and, and, it, and going at people. I mean, maybe it's just because he's Irish, right? But it had a little bit more of sort of like the soccer hooligan sort of vibe to it. Like maybe, the team bus know. pulls up. I don't know. It looked rough. Put it this way. It looked like he's thrown a uh, oil barrel through a tour bus window before. Or at least uh, he at, also s- at a window. Oh, right. yeah. he's, he also like hit the window with one shot. It's like old school, like it's, hooliganism. It's crazy. It was a brawl. It he was injured like four guys in there. It was mind blowing. By the way, welcome to Starving <laughs> for Attention. Uh, hot topics. I love when we kind of get into hot topics. Yeah, well, uh, it's the nighttime Ooh. open here, which is very rare that we do a true open at nighttime. And why is it very rare? Because you don't like to do it at night. No, you don't like to do it at night. <laughs> I I don't mind. I can I can summon the energy at night to do this, but you do not. Well, you are really grumpy right now about this whole thing not really grumpy i'm tired i even put on star wars for you to try to i'm not i have not been this is gonna maybe upset a few people but i have not been in a a massive star wars fan lately well you talk about it a lot on this podcast well i mean i I mean i like star wars but (laughs) i I mean mean, i've been in a little bit of a star trek this upcoming episode you, you talk about star wars a lot so you know I'm just trying to help you out. Well, it happens. Uh, yeah. It's a fun episode. Um, but yeah, it's nighttime, and usually we do this in the morning. Uh, we're, we're at home here in San Diego. I just got off a plane from Kansas, and I was just in a deep sleep moment over there. <laughs> I was kind of falling asleep, but I was, I was watching Twitch. Okay. So this is good, actually, for the podcast, because I think we're going to just start doing some live 
broadcasts on Twitch. You know, know what that what, is? I don't know what Twitch is. No. You know about it because I've been talking about it. I know, it. but I really still don't know what it is. It's the it's going to overtake YouTube. I just had a muck, sip of water. A mukbang drink of water <laughs> for everyone out there. Um, it's going to take over YouTube. I don't believe that, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I think I did this to you. I think I did this with you on Twitter at some point. Like told you like Twitter was going to be a thing. Told me to buy thing. the Twitter stock. No, not stock. <laughs> told you Twitter was going to be a thing. It's a, it's a big platform for us or it has been a, a plat- big platform for us in the past. Other people know. can come up with cool ideas. Well, Twitch, uh, I'm still trying to figure it out though. It's basically, a, you know, got to start with kids playing video games and broadcasting themselves while they're playing uh, video games. Right. Okay. Um, but there's other things happening. Like I was just on there and there's like a wrestling uh, channel. Uh, there's not a lot of food content, so I'm kind of giving away something. I probably should not really be talking about yeah. it too much. But um, I think we're just going to start doing some uh, Twitch stuff. Okay. Trailblazer well, is my... Are you going to um, like aim your content at the like 15 year old boy crowd or no. what? Why does it, why, uh, why, first of all, you why said it was video games. So I'm it's just... not video games. What I'm saying is <laughs> no, that, no, no. that's what but it that's started with fan they're, they're, base. It can be whatever you want. What I'm saying is there's a live wrestling channel on. There I understand. Right now. You understand other things you're saying kind of fit into a category. <laughs> I don't think that only 15 year old boys watch wrestling. No, it's cooking. It's, like I'm saying it's, it's, it's niche things. There's right. channels. There's also Dungeons in? and Dragons. How are you going to break in in that crowd with cooking? That's what I want to know. You don't have to. It's not breaking into a crowd. People, everyone eats. Whether you're 15 and you play Dungeons and Dragons or play video games, you still eat. Okay. What's happening is a lot of these Twitch kids who have like big fan bases are actually like in the middle of their sessions going to make like macaroni and cheese and hot dogs and food <laughs> in the middle of it. And people are watching them and some of them are getting more notoriety for the food that they're making. Someone was, just playing, someone was just playing Fortnite with Drake uh-huh, on Twitch right? and got something like 650,000 sure. live viewers while sure. they were playing Fortnite with Drake. with Drake. Which part of that do you think brought the 650,000 viewers? You have to have a following even to just get a following. Yeah, of course. So you're da- you're you're down. You're no, you're, you're thumbs just, down on Twitch. No, I just I don't I don't um I don't know enough about it. I'm right. a, I'm a I'm a you know YouTube on it. I I do. Well, yeah. don't you wish? I mean, this is kind of this kind of a, a good part of our podcast. Don't you wish that like we got into the YouTube game twelve years ago? We, well, we did 10. like seven years ago with Burger Lab. I mean, it was broadcast on YouTube, but we weren't doc- doing our own stuff is what I'm oh, saying. Like sure. you're looking, I mean, yes, you're right. There's a lot of like produced things on YouTube, but like basically just like turning on the camera, letting it rip and being like, what's up everyone? What's going on? By the way, uh, I'm going to have to share, share this. Oh, Heather's going to love this. That's for you, Heather. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so now I just walk around and I can do that. So I don't have to do it anymore. Which uh, I was just thinking we should try to cut that out just generally. Yeah. Even well, the know. sound effects like on the podcast. We'll have to do a poll. There's not a lot of sound effects in around there. <laughs> There's a couple, couple per. Plus, I have other <laughs> sound effects that this thing has. Have you Anyways. ever heard this one? This is one of your favorites. <laughs> that See? was a good one. Sad trombone. Well, I, like, I like slapstick. So, yeah. yeah. Sad trombone always makes people More um, than sad. dance hall. Back yeah. on topic, though. My uh, handle on Twitch is Trailblazer. Mm. And that's Blazer, B-L-A-I-S-E-R. Right. Of course. Of course. I have zero followers. Right. Because I just started this account. Put I, video games up. It's not video <laughs> games. Guys, do me a favor. Follow me on Twitch. And so we can convince Jasmine that this is going to be a platform. Uh, and let me know what your Twitch handle is. And I'll watch you play Fortnite. 
I can't wait. Or, or NBA 2K18, which I haven't even opened up. You got me that for a gift. Uh, excited about this episode. It's Jason McLeod, uh, awesome chef. Yeah. Uh, one of well traveled, like well traveled. I mean, just stars out the wazoo. Did he, I say that? <laughs> you said wazoo. Uh, he's got he made he had two Michelin stars. Yeah. When he worked in Chicago. Uh, he's uh, a, a chef at uh, Consortium Holdings in San Diego. Did I say that right? I think you said it with a British accent a little did bit. Did I? Yeah. Consor- Consortium. Yeah, I just well, <laughs> like that's kind of little... ran through it. <laughs> yeah, you did. It's late. Kind of slow. Yeah, um, you're getting tired. Uh, he's always been um, a chef in San Diego that I've admired. Yeah, I love what they do. Yeah, I, I mean, I really do. I'm kind of jealous of the breadth and width of, of what their restaurant group does. You know, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they have a, a, a tiki bar, you know, down, downtown. Yeah, they're well. They're and, a, and like that, like but they 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 run the gamut. Like they have kind of a little bit of everything, and I yeah. kind of love that. They're a little bit more of like, but when we were in Atlanta, uh, you know, they're a, rest, mm. they're a restaurant group that does different concepts, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and they have some hopping bars and uh, ramen joint and uh, Ironside, and uh, we did the interview at Born and Raised, their new epic steak restaurant yeah. that is beautiful. Like a throwback. It's it's sort of like you're in another era. Yeah. We get into that a little bit with. Uh, Chef McLeod, and it's weird because he was one of these people, and you were you were uh, making fun of me today earlier when you said that I have no friends, and <sighs> that makes me sound so mean. I didn't say you have no friends. I was on. I was. I have a new friend who's. <laughs> you shouldn't name him here. I'm not going to name him, but he's an NFL football player. Okay, and like we've been trading a bunch of um, texts. So you you exchanged texts so with I, him today. Like, I I exchanged texts with him today. Which only. is like how Stephen A Smith has a bunch of friends. But that's only today, right? Like just today. No, it's been 2 days. Okay, 2 days yesterday. So I've had today. a new friend for 2 days and we've been, you know, uh, broing it up on yeah. on the text message mm-hmm. the text message game and then I told you I had a new friend and you no, were no. like you have no No, you told me you have a new best friend. <laughs> Well, and I was like, I don't think you know what a best friend is. That's all I said. That's I didn't, true. I, I didn't say happy. you have no friends. I just said I didn't, I, you know, I want you to be treated well, babe. It was just a text message. So, it's just been know. a weird <laughs> last couple of days. We've had a couple of like interactions with, with um, relatively famous people over like emails and texts. So it's always fun. And Jason McLeod is one of these people that I've sort of known online right. and has like been a friend before we ever met. So yeah. that's where I'm bringing this well, back. Well, it's that to. new world, right? Of where you kind of have like Instagram friends, right? Or Twitter friends or, or But can we why do we have to throw the first part in front of that? Like we're digital now. Like ourselves. Yeah, it's a digital like, fr- great, then call him a digital friend. No, you don't need I'm saying our, our personas <laughs> you don't need the, the moniker. are you know, one part of us is really digital. I don't want to get too what is that movie? The black um uh, the, 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 it's not black swan. It's too late for you. No Your brain doesn't work this late. I will, it's not <laughs> anyway. Like, but the, you know, the, the digital, like we all have digital, our digital selves is matrix? all I'm saying. Not the matrix. No, it's a, it's a new show. Okay. Um, and the word black is Blacklist? in the title. It's not blackish. <laughs> blackish. <laughs> it's not blackish. Well, Although, didn't I'm we done. talk about blackish on the last? Did we, I was think that we were watching it? Were we watching? Yeah. We haven't talked about it with anyone. No. We it was Rose. We were talking about Roseanne. Yeah, <laughs> this is embarrassing Anyways. now. Yeah. Roseanne, uh, who has been like the as like revamped, right, doing all sorts of big numbers, and like I remember Roseanne as a kid. They came back and did it, and then I watched the Roseanne first episode, and then Blackish went on right after it, and I thought that was really awesome to see both of those shows back to back, like really expressing some different things, and really sort of like. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I thought that was a, a, a really, really interesting night that I had yeah. <laughs> watching television. Yeah, we, um, don't, we don't watch a lot of TV, I but guess. But more for walk, watching uh, the Blackish episodes, which I've seen little bits and pieces of it, but I didn't know what a great show it was. Yeah, well, it's good. Tons of awards. I know. They're great. It Disney was the Ellis Easter Ross. episode. Yeah. That's probably why I love it. And it was all about food. Well, it was all about food, right? I mean, but but like food is such a part of, of television and movies, you know? Even if it's not a main part, it's 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 critical. I mean, you did you shot a little tiny um, piece, a cameo in a movie, and of course it was centered around food, but like it food is a storyteller. I think you see it everywhere. Yeah. You know the outtakes on that are awesome. Someone sent I someone know. sent me a DM and was like, That outtake is insane. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'll have to. We, have to, we should share it if we can. It's on it's our like website, like richardblaze.net. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Go on over to richardblaze.net after you follow me on Twitch. Um, Roseanne Blackish. Jason McCloud. Wake up. The show that has black in the title that I can't remember. Someone will um, let us know, right? Someone's going to let Someone us know. Someone will let us know. Um, but, I, but there was a little point there, though, that's really curious to me. The whole digital thing. Like, we just, why can't, like, he's, when we met, I had already known him because we had traded messages and like we're. I w- yeah, I mean, I hear you. I was digital friends with um, Claudette Zapata Wilkins. Right there you go. I, I but I do categorize it slightly different until you meet, and then when you meet, then you can you know say whatever you want. Like you can start Fair your friendship. Enough. You can be best friends. Think, you can be you know best friends forever. Like, I just whatever. think that can hold us back a little bit, or maybe I'm just saying that because I'm not incredibly social, so it's easier for me to have a friendship um, with someone Virtually. before I see them. Yeah. first but yeah. then it puts a little bit more pressure on when you see them don't you i yeah. guess this is sort of like online dating i don't know Ugh, gross because yeah. then like you're friends and you kind of know a little bit about that person then you meet them and it's like yeah. you know i feel like there's a pressure like to to impress yeah. um anyway i felt no pressure with uh jason mcleod no he's great he was awesome and he's canadian uh which pretty much have we really met um have we had anyone on the podcast from Canada who hasn't just been like incredibly awesome and nice never i mean gail simmons i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm never. just kidding no never uh, but we got amazing. into a lot of things he's he's kind of an old school chef which i love like he worked for uh, we talked about trotter That's we right. talked about marco, marco peter, peter white, white. roger um, verger Roger Verger, like, I mean, most people who are listening to this are like, who's that? The famous painter? No, the famous chef. (laughs) Hey, everyone, uh, whenever Jasmine and I are in a dinner rut or know that we won't have time to run to the grocery store, we love turning to Green Chef, which we've been turning to a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. The fridge is filled with all these little Yeah, when we have that one little drawer that we fill with all the, like, prep, it's great because I know, like, we have meals ready to go. Uh, But Green Chef, they're an organic meal kit that brings you the convenience of home cooking combined with fine dining flavor. And we love them mainly because like they have all of these sort of like categorized meal plans like vegan and paleo, keto, gluten free and more. Which one have we been eating a lot Um, lately? uh, Vegan. Vegan's good. It it, it actually helps. Actually, it's been inspiring for me as a chef because I I don't think really as vegan and, and, and I'm more of the chef that like when I have to do a vegetable based dish, it's like. Meat think substitute. of something to replace with right. meat and like it, it, it you know really the answer is, is just make a tasty bowl of a bunch of yeah, different pile pile more awesome vegetables it, with some right? great condiments but it's been inspiring to me hey listen for green chef sign up is easy you just go to greenchef.us slash richard pick your favorite meal plan and green chef will send you a gorgeous box filled with organic ingredients and easy recipes this week jasmine and i are really looking forward to cooking up more cauliflower fritters that's yeah. right from our vegetarian meal plan uh, it takes just about those. 30 to 45 minutes, but actually we tackle them together. Yeah, we and tackle take them like together. like 20 minutes. We get the kids in there. 
and it's uh, easy to do. Everything comes pre-portioned and mostly pre-chopped for you. For convenient and organic meal kits delivered right to your door, go to greenchef.us slash Richard, and you'll get $50 off your first box. I feel good saying that. That's greenchef.us slash R-I-C-H-A-R-D for $50 off. You want to get into it? Let's get into it. All right, here we go, everyone. Uh, Chef Jason McLeod. Chef Jason McLeod. Hi. What's going on, dude? How are you doing? Great. You're doing all right? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for uh, letting us into your, uh, your la- lair. I-, I feel like I want to say it's, it's, it's a lair because uh, it's a restaurant in the, in the day that's not open until nighttime, right? Yeah. yeah. It takes on a whole um, different personality once, once the lights go on and the, and the sun sets. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, it's, it's kind of nice to have that daytime to kind of get grouped. And regrouped, I guess. You know, it's kind of nice, yeah. right? Know, to kind of get there and kind of get everything going, and then to see it kind of change throughout the day as the lights kind of come down. It's pretty fun. Exactly. Now, um, this is something I've always been curious about, especially for chefs that are on your level, which is at an incredibly high level. Just Thank to you. be clear, you. um, you're, you're running multiple operations, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, literally, how many restaurants are you like responsible for? Well, now? we have 13 spots in total. Um, I think it's eight of them. Do you have 13 spots? Yeah. Wow. Eight of them are food with food. Right. Okay. Um, so it's, it's constantly running all different concepts, you know, from ramen to steak to seafood to burger to meatballs. Wow. Yeah, Thir- it's constant. So, so what is a, a normal uh, day in the life? Of uh, Jason McLeod. I mean, uh, I know you play basketball, I right? Would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, you got to come out and play. Get we have to. I, I want to do it. Okay. Um, cool. So, like, uh, so the Juniper and Ivy has like a sort of like intramural, oh, uh, you know, team building sort of team. <laughs> awesome. Until we lost a uh, a sous chef. You got like a season-ending injury. We had like a sous chef who went down. Oh. Like, could you? I mean, imagine, right? Like someone yeah. who like you count on every day. That would be a problem. Um, and then like they went down in a pretty pretty hard hard accident. I had to wear a boot for like three months. Oh, wow. But we're back. We had our first bloody nose on Saturday. Okay. Okay. We've been pretty good. We've been playing for almost five years every Saturday. Right. uh, Our first bloody nose happened on Saturday. Okay, so now was it um, infl- was it two uh, team members? What what are their positions in the restaurant world? One was an owner. Oh, and one was a prep cook. Wait, who got the bloody nose? The owner. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. well, that's that's yeah. listen. There's something <laughs> Some that things happen in basketball. Like, was it like? There's almost like uh, like uh, was it deserved? Let's let's like without without was mentioning there, names. There there's something there. that sounds sort of like I, I'm sure uh, obviously it wasn't it wasn't a flagrant foul. It was debatable, debatable, debatable. Dribbling with your head down, you know, uh, prep cook stood in way, uh, Noah's bleeding. So it was kind of debatable. Well, there you go. So uh, the prep cook had the ball. No, prep cook didn't have. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Head down, which is like you know when you get to a certain skill level in basketball, head up all all the time. Absolutely. Uh, And he just he just stayed firm and and, uh, he just ran into. Yeah, he's a solid kid. Yeah. Um, He's been with the group. He was part of born and raised opening. Okay. With us about seven months, so he's still pretty new. So obviously he was pretty nervous. Right. For his uh, shift the next day. Oh right. Um, Right. Well, yeah, but it was good. Yeah. We encouraged it. You know, we made sure he was okay and comfortable. Yeah. There's something that makes sense there about a hard-nosed defensive prep cook yeah. totally. i feel yeah. like the his his yeah, role on the there. basketball court matched his role in the restaurant perhaps yeah, right absolutely. absolutely i always wanted to do i always wanted to do a, a, a television show it never you remember the pitch i do yeah. it was uh, like i think it was called basketball. kitchen warriors yeah. was i think the name of it sounds right yeah or something like that or prep monsters something like that mm-hmm. yeah. where it really focused on like the people that are actually doing the chopping and the dicing and the, the butchering. Yeah. yeah. 
because uh, like this prep cook, who should we, should we give? I mean, should we give a shout out to yeah, Max? Max, Max right? Max, yeah, so like, what is guy. what is one of Max's like um, like specialty? Pre- like, is he? Uh, well, I mean, his specialty is just focus. Right. Okay. Like he's the guy in the kitchen that says maybe three words all day. Ooh. But you know the Got job's it. getting done exactly. How so he's a list guy. Done. Oh yeah, he's yeah. focused on that list, and and he's yeah, it's been great. By the way, a little bit of your Canadianness just came oh. out there with the oh yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm really keen for some You're reason. Good on picking that up. It's because. Yeah. You know, Blaze is 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 pronounced Blay in Montreal. It yep. is it is a Canadian name. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not Canadian, which is a whole nother woo, it's a whole nother uh, sort of X Files episode. Uh, but I always wanted to do that this television show that was really about instead of you know the uh, shenanigans of the normal uh, Food Network sort of stuff, which you've participated on, mm-hmm. on a, 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 couple a couple of different times, things. Yeah. Um, that was really just focused on like, wow, who could who could shuck the most oysters? taking it right to one of your restaurants, Ironside. Like, yeah. do you feel like you could compete in an oyster shucking contest with, with your team well, you members? you sometimes, don't you? Don't we you do, like, yeah. We yeah. do a shuck-a-thon That's on right. National Oyster Day. Yeah. Yeah. Shuck-a-thon yes. is fun to say. It is, yeah. It's really <laughs> fun. We've had some really fun puns with that, too. So, I, I mean, I don't know. My, I, I think in the beginning I would have challenged my cooks. Now I don't know if I would. Yeah. 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 Right. There's a couple guys that really fly through oysters. They got a couple years under their belt They do. There too, and so, I help, yeah. I just plate. They shock. I just stay out yeah. Of the way and- I also feel like that's how you know that you are at that. Like really, like you're at. You're at such a. I feel like you're sort of got this Jedi vibe about you. Mm. I don't know if you're as big a nerd as I am. Like it's a compliment. <laughs> no, just thank to you. Be, okay. Uh, <laughs> where you have this like this sort of Zen to you? Because I think a lot of. Um, less mature chefs would even feel uncomfortable answering like, oh, I don't know. I, I can outshuck anyone on my team. Yeah. Like uh, I just reached out where I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not a better butcher than her or I'm not better at chucking oysters than, no, yeah. than that kid right there who does it all day long. Yeah, I think for me it was a lot about, um, I had a couple of good mentors that kind of taught me that, you know, there's only so much. When I was younger, I thought I could do everything better than everybody, I think. But as I went through life a little bit maybe maturity I think I realized that I needed people that could do as good as I could uh, or better and I think that over time has kind of helped me um, see a bigger picture you know and I and I know like you know again when we opened Ironside I know I could flay fish better than anybody there right part of it was teaching now we have a couple butchers there that I wouldn't even dare challenge right I just with the amount of fish we go through and and, and that I think is a real proud moment for me. I was just going to say, knowing that, wow, we'll see where they've come, and I think that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, it it, it takes a certain. Yeah, it's it's nice to see your team members are, and and you're like your family sort of get past you in, in certain yeah, aspects. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm glad you mentioned like uh, fish uh, butchery as well. Yeah. Um, because that's one of those things. Like, when do you? It's sort of like you you can't be an executive chef until you've already been an executive chef. Mm-hmm. Is that an example I like to make? Like when it comes to like you know breaking down whole pigs or fish. Like unless you've been gifted the opportunity to do it a bunch, how do you get better at it? Well, that's it, and I think that's part of the challenge is we want everyone to be skilled in so many areas, but there's not a lot of opportunity for them, you mm-hmm. know. And I think that's one with Ironside and Born and Raised, we've been very fortunate with the whole fish that we get there, and now here with getting in the pigs and different things watching these young cooks kind of grow you know get confident you know and i think you're right is to have that real rounded knowledge is so incredible right and then also to pick um you know who's a pretty good fish butcher i was just thinking uh embry uh embry lotus blaze our our seven-year-old uh um, i mean no she's not she's not she's (laughs) 
broken down one trap. Yeah. Let's yeah. just be clear. <laughs> but she, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, she was enthusiastic. I'm assuming, Chef, sure. like yourself, like, sure. I, I appreciate enthusiasm sometimes oh, more yeah. than the experience. Um, but she was in it. Like, she was yeah, pinboning yeah. that trout, and she was getting really into it. Yeah. So I was just thinking, she's probably had as much experience as a lot of kids who go to culinary school <laughs> right. with, like, breaking down a whole fish because maybe you do one or two I taught I was sort of an assistant instructor at CIA in mm-hmm. Hyde Park and like you know I, I helped with the fish class as like a you know uh, associate professor or whatever they call fellow, it uh, right? fellow yeah. Yeah. and like maybe a kid cuts one fish the whole time they're there yeah. so like we are sort of providing this like educational backdrop yeah it, it is and I think it's and again what, and butchery is, is all about repeating the motions right. Right. and I yeah. think that's one of the things and it is a cost it's you know to, to Filet fish and make right, a like mistake. If you mess up, yeah, it's, it's a, a big cost, deal. you know. Yeah. And but it's also about, I think, making sure the young cooks know that it's okay to make that mistake. Yeah. You know, because oh. I think next time, for me, they'll remember that more than anything else. Right. You know? now, and, and I always say, it's you know, I don't get mad at a mistake. I get mad when that mistake has happened over and over and over and over again. Then we right. have an issue. It's yes. The same mistake. It's a mental it's mistakes. Like, I remember yeah. as a, a young little league baseball player, my coach would always tell me like, "Hey, the, you're going to miss a ball every once in a while." But if you don't know what base to cover, or like if it's a mental thing, then that's really where the where the issue becomes. And yeah. that's, but that's kind of like a new school attitude for for professional kitchens, don't you think? Yeah, I, I was mean, gonna say uh, you've worked for some like really hardcore old school European uh, like uh, British chefs. Yeah. yeah. And I, for some reason, in my mind, I've never worked for Marco. Yeah. You worked for Marco Pierre White, mm-hmm. which like again, I'm just one of those kids who like bought White Heat and yeah. like thinks I know everything about Marco. I don't. Um, but I have a tough time believing that, like, Marco Pierre White in his younger days was the ment- like the uh, the gentle sort of teacher that it seems like you are right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I when I after working with him and I moved back to Canada after after spending many years over there, I kind of took on that trait of no patience. I yeah. guess would be the plate way to put it. Well, um, it's, al- it's almost taught into you, right? It is. I mean, yeah, that it becomes a just it becomes a habit almost. Yeah. It just you know it becomes so normal, mm-hmm. and it, it did. I was lucky to have a mentor that kind of brought me back down to earth. I guess in a lot of ways. So, oh, you, so you rehabbed in Canada? Yeah, I did. I really did rehab. <laughs> you know, I because I, I had I had gone back to a hotel job after working in these restaurants yeah. where obviously HR and. You know, people keep you in line a lot yeah. more than restaurants, you know, I think, right. you know, on hand. And I spent a lot of time in the HR office, you right. know, and they were patient and they were helped me, taught me. Um, and I think that's where a lot of it came from, of patience, of just understanding that, um, that not everybody was me. And I think that's where I had to really learn something you know yeah. cause I wanted everyone to be me work 20 hours a day yeah. s- snow s- ski board yeah. snowboard skiing like no because I was in a ski resort right. at the time sorry and I was like what do you mean it's snowing who cares get to work <laughs> get right. in here no it's snowing I'm going snowboarding I'm like no it doesn't work that way right. so I think once I learned that not everybody was me I think and, and, and everyone's a little bit different right. it helped me kind of grow sure now how long had you been because this is really I actually love where you're going with this because I feel like this is like that moment that doesn't happen until you have like a ton of confidence. Realizing that other people, they have families, they might even, a, a cook might have another interest. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, <laughs> yeah. snowboarding, skiing, yeah. whatever it is. Um, how long had you been cooking when you sort of had that epiphany? I think probably, I think it was about 11 years, 10 years. Right. Um, and, and Someone listening it, was just like, what? Yeah, like that's a long time. All of a sudden I realized that the happier employees were outside of work, they were a lot happier at work. Right. I think. And it took me a while to realize that because 
I, I was, you know, single. I didn't have kids. It was just, this is all I wanted to do. I kind of fell into it by accident, but I just loved it so much that I just didn't want to do anything else. And that right. wasn't probably healthy either. But, but once I realized, I think that people had lives, you know, like you say, kids or they like to golf or right. snowboard sure. or all these things that they could do. Um, I don't know. It made my life easier, I think, in the end. You know, and, and showing support for that, I think, got a lot of respect back from the cooks, you know, or employees. Yeah, it's, it's, it takes a while to figure that out. I mean, I had someone uh, at an event that I was doing, a, a chef at another restaurant, come with me and said, you know, it's just it's not like the old, the old days where you could just, like, yell at a cook. Everyone's so sensitive now. And it's like, you know, they're just looking at it the wrong way, you yeah. know. Um, you know, you can figure all those things out most of the time in an interview as well. Absolutely. And I think that you know, one of the things that you hear all the time is, oh, times have changed. People have changed. Well, I think I always say, well, my grandfather probably said that to my dad. My dad said that to me. We were saying about yeah. the next generation. So, but I think part of being a great leader, you know, is, is, is change as well. You know, you have to kind of know your employee base and okay what what's gonna what drives them to be better i mean that's part of being a great leader is finding ways to get the best out of people yeah and i find that a lot of it um and jasmine you've helped me with this personally (laughs) because i I, we come from the same sort of Mm -hmm. sandbox is like just be nice right i feel like there's there the 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 mean chef which clearly you aren't Mm -hmm. um you know like it's it's cliche at this point anyway yeah it doesn't work anymore i don't think i I think with the 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 kids that are coming up now that are 18 19 20 year olds now like i don't think that stuff works they're like they're not gonna accept it right like one of my cooks the other day asked me like chef can you can you um help me out with something and i was like you know and also like i'm well you're i think you're you're in it every day but Mm -hmm. like I'm not there every day for this one cook. So, like, when he called me over, I was, like, really, like, yeah, like, thank you. Like, I love when my team wants me to, like, be next to them and show them something um, because it's not my role all the time. And the the cook said to me, he's like, hey, how do you get so many Instagram followers? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I had that on my question to ask you, too. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, at first, there was the part of me that went back to being, like, the chef in a restaurant who wanted to, like for a split second, like, break his phone. (laughs) (laughs) Mentally, mentally, not physically, but just like, you know, hey, it's not about that. Put You know, it's not about phones. It's about taking care of the guests. It's about cooking delicious food, all these things. But then I realized that's, like, this this young person, that's one of the things they want to achieve in their life. And that's fine, too, that they want to have an active Instagram page or a Facebook page or whatever it is. So 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 much of it is just, like, perception. Uh, yeah, and I think it's, and it's a balance, you know, of understanding that. Like, I think, you know, someone like yourself who balances that, you right. know, and, 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 and understands that as well. And, and I think if we can teach the young cooks that, that it is a balance. You just don't wake up one morning and you have the, you know, 100,000 followers. Right. It's about gaining respect and telling a story and, and picking what works for you. I think that's part of the education. Yeah, well. I've also been amazed at, like, my... You know, mentor might be a strong word, but like the, the a lot of the sort of older chefs who I've worked with, who now that I might see on the circuit, uh, Danielle Ballou comes mm-hmm. to mind, even mm-hmm. Thomas Keller. I remember the first time like I saw Danielle after my sort of like television persona was a yep. thing. I was like, he is gonna like curse me out in French, <laughs> like he's gonna yell at me, like because this is like you know, I mean, he, uh, I'm one of his students. And, like, he, was, he embraced it. Yeah. You know, even TK, who was a very quiet guy, like, mm-hmm. sort of, like, in, embraced everyone's sort of position or role. I think that's kind of one of the real big positives that's happening in our industry that doesn't get a lot of attention. 
Yeah, I, I think that's kind of, there's so many options now, I think. You know, when I started, there was obviously, we didn't have cell phones when I started right. cooking. And, and I, I know wow. I, I'm going to be 48 years old this year. And I was just looking back. I started. Congrats. Thank you. I started we're, in, we're, we're in the job. same zone here. Yeah. So, yeah. 30 years ago, April was my first job in the kitchen. Right. And I'm just like, what the, the, the difference, the challenges that a young cook would go through now compared to then. I mean, I didn't have to worry about taking a photo of anything. I could just focus on learning how to make that dish now it's almost like more people are focused on taking that photo before they learn the dish or i don't know that i think there's a lot more challenges in some way now than there was back then i think that i think definitely with the fact that we all have you know our our digital selves in our yeah. pocket oh that everybody has to like wait to eat to take a picture yeah it just it's forever oh, and we're all i mean i'm guilty we're guilty of it. Yeah, i mean i just got a cappuccino down the block and i had to get one <laughs> shot it's like did i you? have to yeah i I already put it up. Yeah, like it's this. Cappuccino pick, really? I got a cappuccino. It's a decent little swirl. It's more about the sneakers, but um, right. I, it is like I, I would be, I would, I would be burning if I was a cook now. Yeah, my phone would be burning a hole in my pocket, like it yeah. normally is. Yeah. feeling like I'm missing out not just on like food photos and like social media, but also just like the news. Everything is just like right on top of us right now. Well, but it goes both ways. I mean, you've said this before when you know, 20 years ago, cooks. For, to get recipes would have to like find another cook in a, in a bar late night and oh. like trade recipes and now yeah. you can reach out to someone in Spain right now and get a recipe for something they're doing right I mean that's yeah. the other side of the connectivity did you it's ever so did true. you did you ever like moleskin swap yeah but yes. I never thought of that because the way you put it in such a way like I just it brought me back to like I, I mean, when I first went to work for Marco, like they wouldn't even give you the recipe written down. Like <laughs> right. you, like they would not. Like that was like it now, took, yeah. like it's yeah. so friendly it's with recipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that has to do with social media or not, but like I have so many people I meet on Instagram, for example, again all over the world. I send them a note, and they're like so open. They just send it to you right away. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I think I yeah. a beauty of the digital age. But right. you're yeah. right. I remember. One, you had to achieve a certain status yeah. <laughs> to physically get the recipe. Absolutely. And then it was from someone's moleskin yeah. that they, that you know, they written down, down from maybe yeah. the chef. Yeah. Right. And then you would collect these recipes. Yeah. I, and the story I always tell is, you know, I worked as, you know, uh, basically an apprentice at the French Laundry before their book came out. Yeah. And when the book came out, I was so <laughs> mad because I was like, wait a second. I worked every day for this collection yeah. of recipes. And I remember going back and reading like some of the recipes and be like, oh, they left out that one little step. <laughs> Put the plastic wrap over the cooked short ribs so the salt melts into the short ribs. <laughs> By the way, I'm dropping that little hint yeah. on the short rib yeah. recipe. And I was like, okay, I have that one little yeah. thing. But I, I cherish that sort of moment. Do you have, like, some of those recipes yeah, from, like, um, Raymond Blanc, yeah, like right? Raymond Blanc were, yeah. and Marco Pirouette. Like, I read some of the recipes I have, and I go back and look at the books, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is missing this, this, this. And I'm always like, I yeah, snicker, too. I'm kind of like, you know, because I remember there was a time when I first started, I... I was watching, I was on the, the veg station, you know, cooking vegetables, and I, they were making a train in the back, and I wanted to learn this train. I was so excited, so I went back and I watched. Right. And I remember the chef, it wasn't Marco, but it was the chef de cuisine, he looked at me and said, what are you looking at? And I'm like, oh, I want to learn, you know, in so many words <laughs> yeah. that I won't say here. Um, you know, he said, learn your own station first before you learn, you know, this type right. of thing. And I'm like, so I'm like trying to like listen to write down the <laughs> recipe as I'm listening to the story, you right. know, but it's like... Yeah, but once you hit that certain stage, you know, kind of you got to the one-year mark or 18 months, whatever it was, and all of a sudden people would share recipes with you. 
And they'd be a little bit more open up. But you're right, but you you protected that book with your life. Like, that was it. Right. How much of your food is influenced by some of those, like, bigger-named chefs like Marco and Raymond Blanc? I think it's probably more with Marco because Marco is so much about classic. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think Raymond Blanc was more about change or um, I guess change is the right word. It, he was – Marco was more about – once he perfected in his eyes a recipe, it never changed. Like the menu didn't change. Right. Raymond Blanc would change a dish in the middle of service. Oh, and it wow. didn't Ooh. matter. Not a know. fun guy to no. to cook with. <laughs> yeah, but like a cool. Like there's a certain like bravado, romanticism it, to that. Yeah, it was. David Boulet was like that, yeah, from what I understand. Was, I remember um, when we opened the Petit Blanc in, in Oxford. You know, we you know we're working n- numerous hours and. He, he came in out of nowhere, and there was always code when he showed up, you know, right. whether he had a chef jacket on or didn't have the chef jacket on. If the chef jacket was on, we knew that it was less than time. Right. Than time. Oh, wow. There you go. And this one night, he came in with his, with his chef jacket on, and he, you know, wanted to teach us how to make crepes. Right. He wasn't happy with the crepe recipe. And it, 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 was, it was amazing to watch, because he was just, like, so passionate about food, but... He was trying to make like 20 crepes at one time. Right. You know, and you're trying not to laugh, but like, it was chaos. Like, right. It was literally chaos in the kitchen. And um, I, just watching it all happen, you know, it was just unbelievable to see. Then all of a sudden this dish came together. Right. And it was like, how did that happen? Because it didn't look like it was going to happen. But so for him, it was more about, I think, change and updating and, and all these things that he would do. Where Marco was really about kind of finding the recipe and keeping it back. And he's French, right? Yeah. So I think part of that is just like being French. Yeah, it, it really was. And I think that to me, so I think there's a little the bit art, of like The art, like the me. sort of like the in the moment, you know, yeah, aspect of you know, it. And I think for me, like I, 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 I'm fascinated by so many styles, you know, that's what, and, and I think, but for me, I'm really kind of rooted in kind of that classic, you know, style. And I, I love when I have a young cook that I can give an old cookbook to and Ooh. they really like eat it up. What's you know? your favorite, what's one of your favorite old, um, old cookbooks? You know, I, I think anything from like Roger Verger or Georges Blanc or, um, which you know, by the way, by the way, I mean, do, do your cooks even know who Roger not Verger a clue. is? Not right. A clue. Exactly. And I think that's, what's so neat is like they get to under, they get to kind of see a little bit more of the history of kind of what's happened. I, I love that part of what we do. I'm reading, um, uh, chefs, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, that's our boy. Great. Yeah, it is so good. Yeah. I can't wait to get it. it to my cooks. Like I can't nice. wait because it's just that history part of it. Like, all these things, like yeah. I had no idea that happened. You know, like who worked for who and how it kind of started. To that's me, sort of that book special. is basically like the birth of like the rock and roll chef. Basically, yeah, right? you know, yeah. and kind of American cuisine, American chefs kind of making their mark, and you know, I, I don't know. It's just such a great story, and to me, I, I think it's so. I really love that part of what we do. There's so much history that people don't know. You know, kind of how we got to where we are today, and I just love that part of what we do. Yeah, I'm always like, I mean, Roger Verger. Wow, I mean, I have cooks who don't know who like Rocco Despirito is, yeah, right? Or, or, or like maybe White. they just saw him on Food Network. And yeah. Like, who's this guy? And I'm like, oh wow. Or Marco Pierre White is yeah, another one. Another it's one. like yeah. they don't know. And like again, I used to be upset. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, I mean, even I mean, wow. I mean, I asked someone the other day who Ferran Adria was, and they were like, nope. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's crazy. Um, because like it's a different it's a different time. It's crazy. It is, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're familiar, obviously, with the book White Heat. Yes. Uh, every 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 chef of our class yes. 
like this is something that we like cherish, yeah. right? Yeah. What's really one of your? What's your favorite recipe, uh, uh, or one of your favorite? Because it's such a book where I feel like we we. The, the, the photos are just make a big impact yeah, on you. Yeah, I really did. I, I think the pig, the trotters. I was, that's right, that's where I was going. Like and the, is that a Raymond Blanc dish too? Or no, no, that's no. no that's uh, Pierre Kaufman. That's right, Pierre Kaufman. Kaufman. Okay. Yeah, so trotters, Pierre Kaufman, right? Yeah, so I think so that's the name of the rest. I, I guess for me, just like this very unpleasing looking, you know, pig's foot. Yeah. You know that people win, and what the skill and effort and that went into it to me was just so like mind blowing. And there's also something about um, well, we'll have to you know what we have to put up a photo on the okay. Starving for Pod Instagram page of this dish. Mm-hmm. It's flat, yes, right. Which like a lot. I mean, we're coming back to sort of flattish food, yep. but like it's 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 this the pig's foot and like the silky potatoes yeah. and sauce and morels and pearl onions. If I remember yeah, exactly. visually, yeah. And it is the one of the most striking visuals like in any cookbook ever. And there's nothing. It's like half the plate's potatoes, half the plate's sauce. There's a foot, and that's it. <laughs> the foot, I think, is probably what initially yeah. for a young cook is like, oh wow, what is that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the classics never. There's the reason why they're classics. Yes. So then, what's your? So like, flip it real quick. Then, so were you sort of the like in my day we didn't make spherified caviar? No, did well, you? Yeah, it's where we, <laughs> <laughs> my cooks give me a really hard time about tweezers. Oh, um, wow, that was going to come up later, so yes. gonna, you're going to get into okay, it right okay, now. Sorry, okay, yeah, so they actually bought me tweezers that I carry. I don't use them, but I carry them with me now when I do expo or I'm online with them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's become this running joke that if I got the tweezers out, like the cook kitchen actually stops. Everyone stops. Like, you know, they want to take a photo. They look at me like, should I take a photo? Should right, I hide yeah. my phone? Right. Um, but, no, I, I think, I don't know. Like, I'm always so, it's so not me, but I'm so impressed by it, you know. And right. I think for me it's like, um, I guess what happens is that it became, I don't want to say trend because obviously it's not, but I think there was a lot of bad versions there were no a ton of bad yeah, that's exactly that, what and it then, is yeah. and everybody kind of jumped on it and people didn't really understand the skill set that went with it I remember when I ate at Alenia like you know I, I, I kind of knew the story obviously and, and was in tune to it but I, I, I was so impressed by it. there was so much classic technique in that menu that they did yeah. there it was it just worked so well and I, I don't think people really understood that you know a lot of classic technique went into learning this new style exactly okay. right yeah as that, I, it's, it's one of the not just tweezers and yeah, liquid people nitrogen skipped and, it all yeah. and they just right. tried to start yeah. doing all this stuff and didn't really understand that there has to be a good thought yeah before you this. make an invisible pumpkin pie yeah you have to make a pumpkin pie yeah right or before you make you know whatever spherified hollandaise you have to learn how to make a hollandaise absolutely and i think uh, that people missed that part a lot of people they did yeah. and a lot of that had to do um with me no i'm just kidding <laughs> A lot of that had to do, though, with, with television, too, because sure. yeah. a lot of these things are really great applications when you have 20 minutes to cook out of a Absolutely. vending machine, um, but then they get misused, right? Because they're fast. Uh, a lot of young cooks, especially on television, they're like, oh, this will impress someone. Yeah. You know what never impresses anyone? Uh, you know, like truffle powder, you know, or like bacon fat powder, like yeah. all these powders and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're great little techniques, and they can add nuance to a dish, but it's almost like in the wrong hands. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It did a disservice. I mean, even like Heston Blumenthal, who was like one of my favorite chefs yeah. ever. Uh, I mean, the food is rooted in, in it's classic food. Yeah. It's yeah. straight up classics. And I think that's where, I really think that's where that, that young cook really forgot. Like they just did. They missed that part of learning how to cook and then taking those amazing techniques and doing something different with them. You right. Know? And I think that was missed for a lot of people. Now, um, in the front of the house, 
one of those things that changed was going to this just super casual settings, right? Yeah. Where all of a sudden, like, places that you, you yep. sort of honed your skills, mm -hmm. white tablecloth, yep. serious sort of, like, European French service, then went to, like, oh, no, we just, you get a fork, yeah. and, yeah. like, if yeah. your food show, you know, if a service, I mean, obviously service is service, <laughs> but, like, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a no tablecloth. Well, mm -hmm. the pendulum swung, like, pretty far for fast casual, quick casual food yeah. concepts, right? Mm -hmm. But here we are sitting in your, like, amazing, what is it, six, six million, seven million dollar yeah, place, somewhere. right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is, like, Expensive. thumbing yeah. its nose at th that whole fast casual movement a bit, but it's also, like, yeah. a return to classic, right? Yeah, I mean, for us, I think, as a group, um, we've always kind of done things a little bit different um, for San Diego, I think. Yeah. You know, maybe not the rest of the country and some of these bigger cities that are known more for restaurants or, you know, and I think for us, you know, we had done fast casual, we'd done bars, um, and we really wanted to, to kind of do something way out of our norm as well. Mm. And, and this was definitely it. I mean, <laughs> really? No question. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, just as a diner who's eaten in a bunch of your places, mm -hmm. I still get the sense of like fun and yeah. high design and great quality ingredients and really good service. Um, I mean, it's maybe it might be a little more expensive. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, and I think that we wanted to make sure that we stayed true to who we were as well, you know? So it's that kind of combination of going, I mean, price point, we were really nervous about price point because a lot of our places are pretty even, pretty fair pricing. And, and I think our biggest concern was how do we charge $80 for a steak and someone leaves thinking they got value? In eighty dollars, right? You know, right. and I think that was what we were most nervous about. Um, you know, I mean, the, we still have the fun stuff that we do. You know, we do different art than most steakhouses yes. would do. <laughs> we kind of play around with things. We have that kind of edge to us. We really wanted to stay true to that as well. But I think pressing, you know, obviously the price point of the build out was way out our. Yeah, norm. that's what I'm, when I said um, expensive. That's what yeah. I meant. Like the build out was expensive. It, it really was, and there was a lot of things that played into that with airport authorities. Oh my and gosh, yeah, things that we dealt with that we didn't think would happen, but. Um, yeah, it, it really put us outside our box in a lot of ways. Um, I think in good ways. I think it, you know, obviously it keep, keeps us on edge. It keeps us, you know, working harder because we, you know, don't want to fail. Right. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it was nerve wracking. So I mean, was this, really was how much of uh, Born and Raised is you being like, hey, I want to get back to like this. Maybe, I mean, obviously, I think this restaurant also focuses on an era before our time, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, like, what, and define that era for us. Like, where are you guys, where do you guys feel like you sit as a steakhouse? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we're kind of a combination of both eras, like this kind of 2018, but maybe the 50s, yep. you know, yes. in terms of things. Yeah. Design, maybe a little bit older. Um, but I, we really wanted to kind of go back in time where, I don't know, um, service meant something you know where there, there was personalities on the floor that kind of came to your table and you, you felt like you were in their home you yeah. felt like you knew this person forever and i think that was something with we felt with a lot of like the fast casual movement that there was really personalities were kind of not really there because it was so happened so fast you didn't really yeah. have to have that because the interaction was so short right yeah where we wanted to have a longer interaction we wanted to build that relationship with the guests yeah and bring it right to the guests so one of the things yeah. born and raised does that i love is the table side stuff mm -hmm. a matter of fact yeah. in a very like sort of like i was so jealous when i when i saw your menu and you're doing all these table side stuff because we we're getting ready to do similar things yeah. at Juniper and Ivy, and like we'd always been talking about, let's get a Garrett on, let's do this, and let's. Uh, and then you have a number of dishes that are sort of finished or cooked yeah. beginning to end, table side. We had what was it, steak Diane when yeah. we were here? Yeah, yeah. and the uh, Caesar salad too. Yeah. yeah. Too, yeah. Now, 
Also, an amazing boomerang moment. Yes. Yeah. An amazing social media moment. That was a good one. Yes. How much of that played into the whole, like, hey, we're going to do this table side. It's classic. But also, guys, Salt Bay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess it depends who you ask. My, my business partner, who kind of really doesn't do social media, okay. kind of more against it, I'm all about it. Yeah. I love yeah, yeah. it. Nice. I, yeah. I mean, I hate when I look at my phone and it says, you know, 80% of your time was on Instagram. Right. right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's high, by the way. Yeah, Is that a real thing? We have, we have to have a talk. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a midweek episode. There's, there's yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's an app for that also to yeah, probably yeah, keep you to spread yeah. out yeah. some of your so time. So I think, I, I don't know if it was much thought about um, at first, but we see the value in it now for yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. there's definitely value in it. And you can see that, you know, we'll, when you know the, the food runner comes back and we're like, where were you? That sick Diane should have took 12 minutes. There's a timer. Yeah. Oh, the chef, you made me stop and yeah. redo the flame. Yeah, the chef, and- I, we had three takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, you know, so that's kind of exactly. like, so oh we have my to gosh. plan a little bit for that. Do people do that? Like, like oh, can yeah. you redo the flambe portion of well, that Well, we didn't at we? first, but now right. we let them, we bring a little extra, you know, the booze out with them right you know just in case because right. people do ask because they're like oh my oh, phone wasn't ready in the yeah. flame yeah and that's funny because even i do like i do a bunch of live presentations which is it's kind of almost stand up you know we do a lot of demos yeah and like i'm always before those moments i'm like hey everyone this is gonna be a good moment right just like so we don't have to Instagram like yeah, so you don't feel bad that you missed it um Oh, I love I love that that's bringing the old and the new seamlessly together. Mm-hmm. Where like now you do have this experience besides just the great food and service. Now you have at least one or two moments to take away on Instagram yeah. that are like really really high impact sort of moments. Jasmine, yeah, get the bed that mattresses dream about. <laughs> do mattresses dream like dogs? You're like, oh, what is that mattress dreaming about? America's most comfortable mattress. It's Nectar Sleep for a cloud-like experience. Uh, Nectar, listen, they believe in love at first night. How romantic. However, for the cynics out there, they give you 365 nights to discover that happily ever after feeling. If you aren't 100% happy and riding into the sunset, they'll pick up your mattress for free. That's nice. And you'll get a full refund. That's They're, nice. I mean, you know, like what if you sleep in the bed for like six weeks and all of a sudden it gets really soft or lumpy or something? That's really nice that I, I listen, they do that. I think this is also just a good business call because like who wants to deal with returning a mattress though? Like, I mean, one, right. it's, it's, it does offer it a great up. sleep, yeah. but like it's kind of like who's going to do the whole like put your mattress out and get ready and get the new one in there. But right. um, they will for 365 days. They stand days. behind it. It's awesome. That's incredible. The Nectar Sleep mattress. I know you love this, Jasmine. Hmm. It's an 11 inch deep so yes, bigger is better, uh, and you util- can't even get it out. <laughs> and utilizes a unique five-layer technology that no other mattress on the market has. Why does no other mattress compete? Because uh, they don't like to share. They patent in the most breathable, cooling, body contouring, medical grade, lush foam gel memory layer to bring you the most cloud-like comfort. Nectar promises a forever warranty in your mattress. Yes, we mean forever. They mean forever, as in death. Do us part. And then some, which is creepy. Wake up pain-free. Uh, the memory foam meets your body's contours and gives pressure point relief. Nectar's amazing to sleep on. And Nectar sleepers actually fall asleep 20% faster than people who sleep on other mattresses. Yeah, they ran a study. Exclusive listener offer for everyone here at Starving for Attention. Buy now and get $125 off and two free premium pillows with any mattress order and free delivery. That's nectarsleep.com slash starving and get the best sleep you've ever had for every night of the rest of your life and then some. 
Hi, everybody. This is Susie Orman, and soon we'll be launching my new podcast, Women in Money. Don't you miss it. On the show, besides having a lot of fun, we're going to answer financial questions from listeners, and maybe, just maybe, we'll even put you on so we can have a chat. Wouldn't you just love to talk to me? So be sure to check out Women in Money on Apple Podcasts, podcastone.com, and the new Podcast One app. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. One of my favorite restaurants, I mean, that we've been to this whole year. What? Born and raised. Oh, yeah. yeah. How, how challenging is having all of those carts and, uh, like... Yeah. <laughs> Just moving all the time. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah. it's... Uh, it, there's a few things, I think, that played into it. You know, I remember the first night we opened, and I called Arslan, my partner, and I said, like, we can't do it. We have to take the carts. <laughs> it's crazy. We can't right. do it. And... Originally, we were going to have the servers do the cart. Right. It was just, it was just too much, you know, yeah. to kind of control it. So we actually trained the food runners to do it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden we had these food runners with a little less experienced position in terms of years and so on. But they were so excited about yeah. it. Right. They were, we they had a great guy. I wish we remembered his name. We had a, I think you guys had Rafa. Did we have Rafa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was great. He was yeah. really great. And he kind of said that same story, that he started out as a food runner yeah. and you kind of get... Um, sequentially trained on mm-hmm. dishes, you know, so you might start off with something easier like the Caesar salad yep. and then work your way up to the steak Diane. But yeah, yeah. He was I, I really loved his uh, his honesty and authenticity. Yeah. Like, you know, and uh, how he was, you know, because obviously he's he's uh, he's a cook now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's touching the meat and he was like, yeah, it's medium. Maybe it maybe a click midwhile. We had ordered it late yeah. on mid- medium midwell. Like, oh, okay, man. But like, like he was like, you were watching him cook and sort of even learn yeah, in the I moment. Mean, I think that's been yeah. kind of the neatest thing, you know, to kind of see them own it. So yeah, so over time, you know, obviously you get a little bit better every day. Sure. Service, I think, but the, the the challenges with this place the most for for me, I think, is um, steak eaters are intense. You know? Right. Oh yeah, like really? coming from a fish yeah. restaurant. Right. You know, I I I, I kind of think it's a lot about. I think more people cook meat at home than they yeah. do fish. Ah, uh, so yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. Well, plus, I, I everyone know. kind of has a different definition yeah, of medium. medium rare. I medium see rare. where you're going with this too. Like, yeah, yeah, there's like you know, I mean, there's we have a big a green gray egg gray. at home. We have a bunch yeah. of different grills, and like, you know, everyone's there's like uh, there's a culture there is to a culture. meat cookery. So, and obviously, price points high, so people expect they have an expectation that's very high. You right. Can blame them for that. It's a big ticket when you come eat at Born and Raised. So I think um, teaching or, or, yeah, teaching our employees to understand that, you know, it has to be a bit of a show, you know, and that's where I think it goes back to the olden days when that maitre d' was the show. You went to a steakhouse or a restaurant like this because the maitre d' was a show and you wanted yeah. to shake his hand. You wanted to know that person knew everybody in that restaurant, kids, grandmas. I mean, it was... A show. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of show, then are your uh, are the front of the house are they are they in character? Because I mean, we are, they are. I mean, every every restaurant you're kind of in character. But this yeah. reminds me a little bit. Born and raised reminds me a little bit of Carbone. I know where you're going. Yes, yeah, totally. Um, where, and now, now Carbone, it's a little bit more obvious. Yeah. They're like, hey, and I'm yeah, from yeah. New York. <laughs> it's 1972. It bit, yeah. You know, like the guy's yeah. got a thin little mustache yeah. and like uh, he's in a tight little vest and like they're definitely in character. But here as well. I just think you guys do such a great job with, like, the details, you know, the yeah, casting, casting, the uniforms. Yeah, right. uh, I mean, you know, even the, 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 the little sort of props that are inside the restaurant, yeah. uh, that film projector that's yeah. over there, right? I mean, um, how much of that is, like, really, like, scripted and, like, or is it just a, uh, is, or is it just sort of, like, improv? I think it's a lot of improv, but Carbone was one of the places that we really 
thought, wow, Touched we would love there. to have a bit of this. So nice. We went there, uh, the one in New York, and we it was such an amazing experience because we couldn't barely get in. We had to beg to let us in. There were six of us. Right. And they let us come in, like, right at the last seat. And they said, as long as you order fast. Right. right. Okay, cool. But they were very good about yeah, Drake it. Drake had just left. Yeah. I think it's one of Drake's favorite restaurants. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it was amazing. And they just the, the show was so <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Like, But it felt genuine. It really did, you know. I so think the shtick, really, sorry to jump in, but I feel like also the shtick at Carbone allows them to sort of, like, upsell. Yeah. In yeah. a way that's yeah. not like, hey, if you want to impress your date, yeah. go with the white truffles. I don't know if you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like they can kind of like push a little harder because it yeah. is a little campy. Yeah, I think so. And I think for us, I think um, there it was almost what we found was there was it seemed a, mu- a little bit more natural. Like you knew it was a bit of a stick, but you, yeah. they pulled it off so well. Like you yeah. said, it, it just great. worked. And yeah. here, I think it, it's you know Southern California, a little bit different mm-hmm. employee. Like it just they sure. needed a little bit of. You know, to kind of see personalities coming out now where we were six months ago is nice to see. Because, yeah. again, for us as a group, we want people to have that personality. We try to put our personality in the space, you know, yeah. the different art that we do or different things that we do. And I think I, I, these employees had to know us first to kind of really feel what they could get away with. How so, old do you think a restaurant has to be? This is just chef to chef. I'm looking for some inspiration here. Before it should be sort of in its groove, right? Because, I mean, I, the critic obviously is going to say, as soon as you open the door. Yeah. But we all know that that's not the case. And, like, I think we want to say 90 days, but I don't think it's 90 days either. Yeah, I don't. How, long do you, how old I do you mean, think I a think restaurant? I think it's a year. Yeah, I at really least. Do, at right? least a year. Yeah. And, and, and I think for, obviously it's hard to tell. You're right. The guest that's paying the money or the critic that's reviewing you. But the reality is um, it's at least a year. I think so many things happen in that first year. Um, And the great restaurants evolve from that year. I think obviously the people that don't evolve and learn from what's happening that first year obviously won't make it. But I I don't know. Again, Ironside's four years old, coming up on four years. I think Juniper's just had four years, right? Yeah, just had four. to me, I find Ironside, I'm happier with Ironside now than I ever have been. It just, it's matured, uh, it, it's, it has an identity. I think things have happened just because of evolution there that make it greater now than it was. Sure. And now, you're running also so uh, a meadery and, or a steakhouse mm-hmm. and a, a seafood-focused restaurant. Um, both are really tough operations, like from just number perspective mm-hmm. to run. There's so many challenges on both. Which one's... Which one's easier to run from the financial perspective? Like with seafood, the perishability obviously is the main, main yeah, issue. Yeah, I mean, I think um, without copying out on the question, they both have a <laughs> challenge. Right. Here at Born and Raised, um, labor is the easiest part because it's a higher priced plate. So we, it takes less cooks to put out higher average check. Right. Where Ironside, you know, it takes a lot more bodies because it's spread out with the raw bar, pastry area. It's like three separate kitchens. So you're right. spread out. So you can't really tighten up labor to a certain point. So I think that makes it easier here. Um, but the fish is the hardest part. You know, I think I would probably go that way because... You know, we try to support the local fishermen as much as possible, you know. At You're down harbor. at the harbor a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I try to go, you know, I try to go every Saturday. It doesn't work a lot, but, you know, but at least one of my chefs will go down and hang out. Um, but, you know, sometimes it looks really nice in San Diego and 50 miles out or 20 miles out, it's rough. So the fishermen can't go out. Right. So, you know, and it was also, uh, I think we tried to do things a little bit different there with, you know, um, what product we were serving and at first 
You know, we did. We didn't have salmon on the menu. Right. You know, and, and guests would be really upset. Yes. How can yeah. you call yourself a seafood restaurant without salmon? Right. I mean, it was crazy. But wow. so I, I think the fish has been the hardest, just because again, you know, it, it's feast or famine a lot of times with mm. fish. You know, right. Where beef, it's yeah. it's there. You know, it's pricing changes. It's a commodity. There's a lot of things. But I, I think for sure the, the seafood has been. The but hardest. I like how you said from the guest perspective, they cook a lot of. They, someone might be like a grill master. Yeah. Kiss yeah. the cook apron at home. Oh yeah. But they're not cooking a lot of Pacific halibut no, at home. Yeah. So like they their understanding of what's perfect or like it's just it's a little bit of a wider sort of uh, you know area. To it hit. is, and, and people like. Yeah, I mean the steak eater is very, you know, they know what they want, and it, you know, and, and right or wrong, but they know this is what I want, and I and I think that's learning that, like, yeah, uh, you know, criticism is always hard, but like you, you take it to heart, you know, like when that steak comes back, you know, and you're kind of like, I don't know what to do. It looks medium rare. That's how they ordered it. That's perfect. Right. So then you send it out rare, right? Because they want it refired, and then they send it back because it's too rare. You're just like pulling your hair right. out, you know, and. That, I don't know, it's, it's finding that balance, you know, without, like, growing old overnight, you know, because <laughs> of stress over it. Now, at this point, with uh, so many different concepts, and I love the fact, again, you're not, it's, you're not just opening up, you know, nine born and raised, mm-hmm. um, although, I don't know, that might be something that happens oh, in the future, that. right? Um, are you ever, like, uh, like, so you're at Ironside before born and raised is open, are you sort of, like, looking at that team to be like, oh, no, I want this guy to cook the meat here or like this guy to do this one job because we're going to open up a pasta restaurant in the future so this let's let's start creating this pasta team or whatever it is yeah i mean i i think we were we're getting better at that you know i think we were so kind of i don't know we were always behind a little bit with the openings that we never thought it far enough ahead to kind of say okay look how important it is to have a team in place before we open or are some ideas who could go there right you know? and i think now we're getting better um when we opened here we had hired a lead cook at Ironside when we opened, and he had worked at a steakhouse in his previous life, and right. he always wanted to go back to a steakhouse. And we didn't; this wasn't a plan at the sure. time. But we promote him up, promote him up, and now he was a kind of opening chef's cuisine here. So know? it just so works out. Yeah, it nice. worked out really well. But we had a plan once we knew this happened; he would be it. Um, so yeah, I think we're getting better at it. You know, of having a plan of okay, we have this coming up. These are the three or four people we want to move over there to help us with the opening team. So we let them focus on this. You know, so it is happening now, um, but we weren't very good at it at the beginning. Right. Yeah. So now, with eight eight restaurants under your stead, like, what does your day look like? What does your week look like? Like, where do you? How do you split your time? A lot of it's kind of based on what's needed. You know, every place has different needs, kind of emergencies, or you know, we we do um, every day of the week uh every a certain hour each store gets an hour meeting a week mm. we do that at our office um so the we, tuesday wednesday thursday basically up until noon our meetings with the stores um and then from that it kind of depends on what's needed you know there's a special event happening there's a menu change tasting going on we're having some issues with some food cost or scheduling or hiring it really kind of goes i spend more time probably at born and raised obviously because it's the newest yeah um you know ironside is kind of you know if you could have a favorite child i I should right yeah oh my gosh but it would be no one here is listening it was really my first partnership into ownership right you know time into ownership financially um and it was really growing up on the west coast of canada with you know seafood all around us it was kind of this i didn't set out to have a seafood restaurant it just kind of happened and so it's, it's kind of like it was a dream, you know, to have that, you know. So I spend, I kind of 
scurry that whenever things are going bad, I go there. Yeah. It's kind of my happy place. You know? Oh, I like that. Yeah, everyone yeah, has it's just kind of yeah, it's just kind of something that nice. I don't brings me a great memory. Mine's the freezer in the walk-in. That's I just <laughs> that's go in there and cry. Yeah, and, uh, that's soundproof. That's where, is it, do you find that it's, we call our studio uh, when we're recording the podcast in studio? We call it the walk-in because mm-hmm. I feel like that's where chefs like do their business. Yes. Right, it's where their gossip happens. Yep. Decompress. Decompress. Yeah. Uh, vent. Whatever it is. Uh, you, let out a sigh. You can no scream. Cry. Eat desserts. You know, maybe a little spoon of uh, sauce here and there, whatever it is. Yeah. That was my old move. I used to do that. You did. When we first met, you would eat the mat- No, you lemon would eat sabayon lemon sabayons yeah. Yeah. from good. the fridge, yeah. and you got caught a couple of times. No, I never got caught. You probably... <laughs> I never got caught. I, I, I think I caught you, but didn't call you out on it. I think that's what was happening. Um, Jason McLeod, you also have uh, a couple of Michelin stars. Yes. Yeah. Look at that, look at that smile. See, like that, that's, yeah. You're such a humble dude. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, do you have do you have do you have two, do you have tattoos with stars on them? I don't. I oh, don't, so no, I would I, I would totally the dude that if I if I ever got a Michelin star, uh, like I would do it just from whatever local publication gave me. Like I have three yeah. peaches. <laughs> I have three peaches on the small on my back from a restaurant <laughs> that I ran in Georgia. Yes. I don't, but um, two Michelin stars, dude. Yeah, I mean it, that was you know, pretty surreal, obviously. Um, I mean, when we opened up in Chicago, it was the Michelin Guide wasn't there. Right. Um, as we were getting ready to open up the restaurants, there was rumors that Michelin was coming to Chicago, but we never really thought about it. Yeah. Right. We, we did dream wise. I mean, right. pastry chef um, you know, Stephanie, she actually had the three macaron tattooed on her arm. There you go. Um, um, but yeah, so it was. I don't know, and it, it, it was my 40th birthday that it announced on. Really? Uh, that was the day before, actually. Right. I, I'd say it was my birthday. Sure. It's yeah. What's your week? But it was the day before, and and when uh, it was re- weird how it all happened because it actually had leaked out before we actually knew. Someone mm-hmm. got a picture of it and they posted it online. Right. And the PR girl for. Michelin at the time I had met, so I had called her and I said, "Hey, just this is online," and you know they panicked and took it down. And, and uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, so it was like we, it, it said, we just want to know if this is real. Us. Yeah, <laughs> right? and she said, "Well, what did you see?" So I told her, and she just hung up. Wow, and I was like okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know when that phone call came, right? You know it was like wow. And then when they yeah. said two stars, I mean, I mean, I fell over. I mean, I was yeah. just. It was pretty incredible, and and in all honesty, I mean, the team we had working at this place, like they've all gone on to much more awards than that. Right, Uh, Justin Cogley, sure, yeah, good friend of us there. Um, Danny Grant was a food and wine best new chef. Uh, Stephanie Prida, who was with Manresa for many years now, with you know Carbone guys. Um, Matt Kirkley, who's now representing. You know, U.S. for Boku Store. I mean, this is the team we right. had in that kitchen. Yeah. I mean, it was mind-blowing yeah. team. I and mean, I just stood back and let them do their thing. And all honesty. Right. But it wasn't necessarily a goal. To, obviously, no. you didn't even know Michelin was in town. Yeah. And it's in a hotel. Yeah, it was in a hotel. I'm wondering, like, I would love to know, like, from the inspectors, like, how, like, maybe they just stayed at the hotel. Yeah. And, like, just, well, let's get, let's get a nice little bite, maybe, before we go out and check out these. And then all of a sudden, they're like, wait a second. This is this is worthy right here. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was because it was. I mean, it was just having worked in Michelin star restaurants, having right. grown up in that era of Michelin star, and this is a big deal. And knowing about it, you know, my generation was. It was. I, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it. You know, it just it happened, and 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 you know, the bummer was that you know, unfortunately, the restaurant closed not long after. Right. Later, the hotel sold, and many things happened, but. 
to look back at that time, it's just it's a special time. Right. It really was. And you, though, you left shortly thereafter, I right? I did, yeah. Which was, I think, where I started writing this narrative for you of this Jedi thing, mm-hmm. where I feel like now you might hear of, like, an older French chef, like, didn't, uh, is it Michel Bra or someone that's giving up their stars yeah. recently? Yeah. Um, but, like, that wasn't necessarily the case for you. But you were, you, but you kind of, like, you're like, yeah, two Michelin stars, that's great. But um, that's not really what I'm all about. Or how, you left. Yeah, I mean, it was um, a lot of things about, I saw writing on the wall a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I hate that. Yeah. I'm really good at that. Yeah, it was, I, I, I was in a weird, it wasn't a happy place. You right. Know? It was this great happiness of winning, but I wasn't happy. And I think it was, that was part of it. And for me, I what I loved about what I did was it brought me happiness, like, all the time. I loved the people. I loved the stories, the friends around the world, the cool people we get to meet. I was just in a really weird spot, personally. Sure. And I hadn't ever felt that way in, you know, the 22 years at that time yeah. that I'd been in the industry. And I was, in a sense, a bit dark. And yeah. I know it was just, a, just, it was a weird time. And it, it kind of, all these things came together, and I just said, look, I got to go. Um, and I left. Yeah. And it was, you know, shocked a lot of people, obviously, because as soon as that happened, they thought, wait, what are you, are you crazy? This two Michelin stars just could open up so much. And right. I said, yeah, but it, it just wasn't happiness that it was opening up. And I don't know, for me, it's really about that. I want to be happy when I do whatever I do. And now you've found your happiness. It seemed, I mean, we're having a good time here. Yeah, and it worked out really well. I mean, I moved back to San Diego. I'd spent a little bit of time here, and I moved back to San Diego, and I, I, was, I knew I didn't want to go. I had a direction. I knew what I wanted. I, I said, look, if I'm going to really continue to do this, I want to be a partner in something special. And I was lucky to be at the right beer dinner when I met my now partners just by chance. Wow. And away we went. Nice. You know? and, and the group... At the time, was a very cocktail, beer-focused group. Food really wasn't that big of a deal. It was more of an amenity. But they had a vision that they wanted something, too. And I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And the rest is kind of history, so to speak. I love um, how you sort of, like, I mean, you do it. You win the, the Michelin stars. I mean, and, and it doesn't make you happy. Not that your goal was to just get those stars. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many chefs. There's a young chef who's a friend of ours who I'm thinking of right now that based their whole existence on trying to get, you know, I mean, maybe stars. not a Michelin whatever. star, James yeah. Beard Award, yeah. whatever it is. And, like, then you get it. And like and it bring that you what, yeah. isn't what maybe it does provide you financial security, yeah. newer opportunities, another gig, whatever partnership, yeah. whatever it is. But like the stars themselves don't give you happiness. No, I say this as someone who hasn't won also, a lot of stars. They don't also but, give you financial security. That's that's kind of this kind right. of thing too. I mean, it, Michelin stars maybe do, but but you know, good reviews. Like we, there's tons of chefs now that have gone public to say that you know good review you know doesn't know it can keep the restaurant, restaurant open in the t- t- like in new york like i think that yeah, is I a different it, scene it, but it, it, different cities i think yeah. it means more yeah. i think you know did, did you see the movie burnt yeah i liked the movie burnt I did too. not too right I, I mean probably because you also like it was based in london right you have yeah, a little yeah, bit of this so experience get a few um but like i think the ending scene of burner one of the last scenes like they get their star yeah and then he's just out there like, well, what's next? Like, yeah. the fact is nothing really has, nothing changes. Now no. you got the star. Now what? You try and go get another one, I guess. Yeah. I just feel like it, it, it's not it, a pursuit. Yeah. If that's the goal, then it's a weird goal to it, have. It it's is. not going to make you happy. I, yeah, I think to me, I, I, I just, I was so fortunate to kind of fall into the business and things just happened so organically for me 
um, that it just brought me a lot of happiness. I got to travel. I got to see the world. I worked in all these really neat places. Some I liked more than others, but it was just fun. Like, I really enjoyed it. And it was, I was really at a time where I was really questioning, is this what I'm going to do? I'm 40 years old. I mean, am I changing careers? Like, is this right. time? Mm. And that made me nervous because right. I didn't know anything else. It's what I only had done. I dishwashed and away I went. And I, it was a very strange time. And I was questioning a lot of things about the industry, about me. You know, I, I, I don't know if the, the stars kind of uh, made me, I don't know if I felt like a fraud. Like I was nervous. Like I was, right. I was scared. I, I don't know. There was a lot of emotions that went through me in terms of, are people going to find out that I can't cook or I'm right. not very good at this? Like, I don't know. It was, it was all these really strange emotions that went over me. Yeah, no, it's tough. I was actually on the drive over here talking to Jasmine about how you have, I think I'm trying to, but like sort of like parlay your career as a chef into something that's like sustainable into your 50s and 60s. Yeah. Like there just aren't too many dudes or ladies or there aren't too many chefs, older chefs, like running one restaurant doing one thing yeah like yeah and, and a lot of people we know they end up becoming vendors or purveyors or they yeah. s- they go through a massive career change or they just leave the industry yeah. totally burnt out you've been able to transition you're saying to like owner and restaurateur uh what's the next step for you um so what's just i, I think for me is I, I guess the biggest thing for me is um I, I love the, the being the owner part of it. I like that part, the planning, the strategizing, the, the teaching, the coaching. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what that next step is. It just keeps happening. Right. And I think that's probably best for me. Um, I, I love the challenge of the new every day. I, that's one thing I do love about our industry. Like, I, I do that look at people that go to a nine to five job or an office job and I could never do that right you know I I just I don't know people ask me well what would you do if this all ended I I don't know like I really truly don't have an answer you know poker player maybe I would like that (laughs) but it's not going to end because you love what you do I think so like that's I mean that's the way I look at it it's like hey I don't really feel like I have a job I love what I do there's many things I do uh, and it's like it's just lifestyle. And I and I think yeah. And I think that the neat thing about where our industry has gone is there are so many opportunities. You don't have to be on the line at sixty years old anymore. Right. You know? and, and and that's not a healthy lifestyle, you know. And and I think that my back's starting to hurt. It does, you know. And, and, and I'm okay with you know. I don't. Think, I think there was a, it was an ego thing before where everyone said, oh yeah I'm on the line every night. You know you had to say that. And I'm okay with saying like I'm not on the line. Yeah, that was you know? there. Is, I mean, there still are chefs like, like yeah. hey I, I or I do one shift a week or yeah. there is a uh, you know everyone's got their little yeah, thing that makes them feel like they're in touch. Yeah. Uh, Jason McLeod, thank you so much for hanging out with us. At the end of the podcast, we like to uh, play a couple games. You down for a couple uh, games? Absolutely. Okay. I've been, so, I've been nervous about the game. Oh, I've been nice. Listening to your podcast, catching out. To make First sure of all, I'm ready for this. thank you. By the way, help spread the word. <laughs> tell, tell your cooks. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so this one's called Riper Hype. Okay. You probably haven't heard this one because no, we only played it uh, <laughs> on the episode that's airing today with Alon Shia. I'll give you a another. Hint. It's uh, like scarf or barf. Things, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, all of our games are pretty much the same game. Just different. Names. Uh, so obviously, ripe. You're really into it. It's okay. it's great. On hype, you're not maybe as into it. Hyper and you can follow hype. up with whatever you want, of course. Right. Um, okay, here we go. We're gonna kick it off with Garridons. Strolling uh, the, 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 the trolleys, um, the tableside uh, moving carts. Maybe it's for dim sum. Maybe it's for steak, Diane. The Garridon. Ripe. 
Ripe, of love course. Them. You had to love say them. that. Here and born and raised. Absolutely. I think you got to say that. Um, have you, like, started, uh, like, uh, Pimp My Ride with Garadons? I feel like that should be the next step. Like, if you're a really good uh, runner who's cooking steak, Diane, you should be able to, like, you know, turn your Garadon into, like, your own skateboard. That's actually a great something. idea. Yeah, yeah I, that would probably be a really good idea. You should do, like, a, a one, an annual race or something. Yeah, there's yeah, something, something there. That's a great idea to do the Garadon races down the India yeah. Street here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, squeeze bottles. Um, I ripe. I like squeeze bottles. Okay. okay there was a little bottles. bit of thought that went yeah, into I that. A little that. bit I of like thought. Squeeze bottles. I okay. Like squeeze bottles. The What's only problem with squeeze bottles is like, you know, if a lazy cook doesn't clean them. Right. Oh. An issue, right? Or like, yeah. Like oh. cha- or you worry, did they really rotate it? Like that's yeah. Did the flavor come yeah, up? Gotta get I it. always it, my my the easiest thing is like when you see the squeeze bottle with like aioli or something mm-hmm. and you can see bubbles on the side yes. of it and you're like, hey, dude, uh, I can tell you before I even <laughs> taste that. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's fermented aioli, yeah. chef. Oh, these modernist kids these yeah. days. All right, uh, here's, a, here's a controversial one. Bobby Flay. Ripe or hype? Oh, look at his, uh, This is such a Canadian, a Canadian response. He looks to the sky. Um, um, I just was on set with Bobby. Yeah, but I he's, was a ripe. I, I, you did, you I was, did, uh, I did beat, beat Bobby, Bobby Flay, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I quite enjoyed it. It's yeah, one of the few know, shows did, I've yeah. never what done. Did you, is it, what did is you compete? With him on uh, scallop, a scallop dish. Ooh, yeah. Saint Jean. Oh, yeah. nice! It was. Oh, wow. I, I tell you, I I was really the first part of it that you were competing against another person. Right. To him. Yeah. I mean, I was so nervous, like I was freaking out. And then after that, I was okay. Like you kind of got a feel for it, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, like, I, I still. It, it's it's just like everything else. Like uh, we talked about. Like if you're shucking oysters, you got to keep re- doing it. Even though I, I've competed on so many different yeah. things, the first challenge of whatever thing I'm doing yeah. is always super it's, it's like a game it's like sport like the yeah, first tip off is yeah. still a little always a little yeah. nervous but I like it, and his staff like, the people that put the show on were amazing yeah it is, it's always incredible. fun uh, sous vide ripe or hype uh, ripe okay it's done well um, I think again I think a lot of people do it because they've read it but they haven't researched it right you know and again like anything I think you just gotta know what, what you're doing favorite thing to cook sous vide follow we do up carrots yeah, yeah there we you do go. carrots here it's, it's one big one we do is the carrots um, cause I do like the fact that there's many ways you can add flavor back into it for sure right yeah. uh, it, it cook in Celsius only uh, well, yes and no. I'm trying to teach my cook Celsius. Okay, but, there know, you go. It's, it's I feel like that was one of those things that, like, um, I cook in Celsius just because I'm an asshole, yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yes, it's easier, but it's also just to sort of have to, yeah. like, yeah, now you have to go home and figure out the, tr- uh, you know, w- uh, the, the difference between, yeah, yeah, the conversion absolutely. between Fahrenheit and yeah. Okay, uh, ripe or hype, the book, White Heat. Oh, right. Super sure. ripe. Easy. They, Super I, ripe. They should bring it out every year, a new version. They should. Yeah, right? Like a re... God, the, First of all. The last yeah. edition they they did, a couple of years ago, right? They, they came out. Yeah. I think we yeah. grabbed yeah. another copy of it. Yeah. Um, and this, here's the thing. A lot of people listening to this podcast have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, like, go yeah. grab this book called White Heat, yeah. Yeah. Marco Pierre White. So many, it's so many chefs' favorite book or a yes. book that sort of change their world for me it definitely absolutely i was like oh wow it's like this dude's intense the yeah. pictures are beautiful uh there's some um, amazing quotes yeah. in there oh yeah great yeah. book everything about right it. great really um nice. i love it when a boy can't 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 cut it or can't make it there's just so many great like if you're just like coming up through the ranks yeah. and there's a picture of i think gordon ramsay getting like taken down there in book, is yeah he's in there which is yeah. my favorite like little absolutely. secret scene yeah, of absolutely. the book uh, a lot of people don't realize that and yeah, like a young gordon getting taken down yeah. it's just kind of fun yeah. um okay tokes the hats tokes uh, chef it's hat. funny but 
we started wearing them here. Okay, this is. I, I knew there was going to be a little story here. <laughs> That's so, yeah. But it got, they, yeah, the cooks got mad. We, we, <laughs> they were like, we can't do it. Yeah, anymore. they were banging their hat all over the place, and I'm kind of like, and because I when I first my, my first hotel job, we had to right. wear them all the time. Sure. Yeah. And the same when you go into the cooler and the hat gets knocked <laughs> off, it was such a pain. But we had to wear them, so I kind of was a bit of me that I don't know. I was kind of really enjoying the cooks totally. flustered with them, for right? A bit, so we took them off. Yeah, so we do have one guy that wears it every service. Though. There you go. So yeah, gonna, see. So you're going hype on this one then. Huh? I guess I'll go hype. You gotta yeah. go hype. Yeah, um, I appreciate it when you did yeah. it. And I was like, oh, are they doing that just yeah. for some photos early on, or are they gonna just keep doing that? But I liked it. Yeah, we have I, one guy that wears it every shift. You know what I've wanted to do, and I never have had a staff that got behind me. I've wanted to do um, like a food safe and obviously non flammable version of like a swim cap. Oh, <laughs> and just get really like sprockets. <laughs> and like, it def- that's a definitely a restaurant that has tweezers. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And like everything, Absolutely. it's definitely a modernist Absolutely. restaurant. But I, that would probably, uh, some people would be really upset. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Um, Brunoise, the classic oh, knife cut Brunoise. Uh, right, for sure. Nice. Do, are, are you? Are you? Are, are do you have dishes where you're? Yeah, someone's crushing brunoise. My my biggest pet peeve in the world is like shallots that are cut too big. Ooh, there you go. It drives me crazy. I like also love how you said shallots, which yes. is just great. So I'm, I'm assuming another pet peeve is someone saying shallots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or people always look at me like I don't know what that is. I'm like, come on, it's not that different. Right. That's not you know? it. Right. It's a small difference. But yeah, it's hard to get a proper brunoise. It is. Uh, it you is. create a lot of like uh, odd little cuts they that do, then you yeah, have to do so something with, right? I think it's. Again, it goes back to just um, care, mm. right? You know, the, the, the care of going into cutting that brunoise nice. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just something that's really special about that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm trying to get street cred with you, but like I think there w- it was a Roger Verge quote who said something like, uh, "Peeling carrots can be interesting. It all depends on the spirit in which it's done." But you might know if I if that's not a Roger Verge. I'm pretty Verge sure crowd. it is. Absolutely, I think it he is. Big on the vegetables. I also He's loved on how one time I, I think it was over the holidays. We had a little back and forth on um, Pomme Robuchon. Yes. And, and I said something like, oh, you got to cook them, though, in their skins. Yeah, and right, you're like, and right. you have to. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, you took it to, like, the next three levels. Yeah. I forget what the next level was, but well, you we, really. We had to peel them to order. So oh, there you go. To order, and then we'd peel them. Right. And then that was the Marco thing. We made a peel us to order. So you wow. had to cook the potato. Yeah. For, to order. Yeah. So what is the pickup time on that dish well, then? I mean, it was right. quite a while, but right. I mean, obviously it was multiple courses. Right, and right. So we kind of had time. You had time. So yeah. you're, you're cooking. So if someone gets, so just back up here. Yeah. This is potato puree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Robuchon style, which is basically like equal parts yeah, butter and potato. Uh, but you're cooking the potato basically when an order, the order yeah, comes the in. the order would come in, cook them. That is one of the biggest differences between, wow. like, a modern restaurant and, like, a classic, yeah. like, Michelin-starred restaurant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, where, like, yeah, oh, artichoke. Someone starts peeling the artichoke. <laughs> uh, that's well, it. it's funny because uh, we, we used to do the turn potato, the old classic turn potato. And we would do those. We'd cook them to order, but we'd peel them ahead of time. Yeah. Right. And we'd keep them in our station water. And every once in a while, someone would turn butter on you right. and drop a butter <laughs> turn in there. So right. you would, in the, you were busy. Right, yeah. You'd look, okay, seven, the order, you'd count in the water. And all of a sudden, you look down, there's, like, six. <laughs> <laughs> right, the chef screaming for the plate. Right, wait. Dirty, no, so is this? First of all, that is a dirty also trick. Yeah. the fanciest dirty trick yes. I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. Let me just turn some butter. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, my next one on here was turned vegetables. So I'm assuming that. I don't know. There might be some like uh, PTSD here. Um, I, I would yeah. wish it would be ripe, but I think it's. <laughs> I, mean, I really do. I, there's something about I don't know 
turning a potato that just is soothing to me. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just when you get in that rhythm. It, it does depend on what you're turning. It's very Truly, true. right? Yeah, so like a potato, uh, definitely over a carrot yeah, any a day. Carrot, yeah, not My so favorite, fun. apples. Like, and yep. not a, like a full turn, but like yeah. where you just leave a little bit of the skin yep. on. And like uh, Danielle taught me that. I Absolutely. thought that was great. Absolutely. One of my favorite moments with, with Danielle was we had video cameras all over the restaurant. So you can mm-hmm. see like different parts of the restaurant. And I was looking up on Garmoget and down in the basement was Danielle for some reason. Like turning apples with like a 15-inch chef knife. <laughs> Which is really hard to do without yeah. like cutting off a thumb. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, this dude is still down. He's like, this dude's doing it. You know, That's he's amazing. like, he's a real That's chef. Amazing. What about the uh, the cheese course? Uh, right. I wish there was more of it. Yes. Yeah. Now, do you guys really do cheese? Do. You have a cheese we program don't, here? But we're okay. Working on it. Okay. It's something that I feel like it fits the theme. It does. Yeah, and it's something we talked about early on, and then we I got really nervous with the carts, and but it's something that I would I really were working hard on because to me. I don't know. I think it's a special thing. I really do. Ooh, I mean, are, great. So are we? Are we sort of like teasing the p- potential raclette uh, cart could coming? Be, ooh, could ooh. Could he, could that be. was a big smile, yeah. by the way. Invite us um, to the party. Yes, there we go. Okay. Uh, molecular gastronomy, ripe or hype? Hype. You're not going to offend me. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I didn't think. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally hype. Yeah. Totally hype. I agree yeah. with it. Um, and now it's what modernist. Now it's night. Oh yeah, yeah. All it's yeah. Now. Exactly. It's all changed. Uh, dry aged meat. Right. Super ripe. Absolutely. Super like literally ripe. smelling ripe. It's really ripe. <laughs> yeah. Really nice. ripe. Um, I also. I, well, you can't do. I was going to say. I love what you can do with the scraps of dry aged meat, but mm-hmm. uh, you got to be careful at home how you're cooking with yes. uh, scraps of yeah. dry aged meat. Uh, foie gras. Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, there's foie on the menu here, yeah, right? Yeah, we do. And we just added a foie terrine on. And it was great because not one cook in my kitchen knew how to make a foie terrine. Like, Ooh, that's they amazing. I had no idea. Cool. So it was so fun for me to kind of teach them. There you go. And kind of go through. And we yeah. did the old school. You know, we, we, we whipped foie gras fat, a little bit of butter so we could coat the outside of it. Very Ooh. old school. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It was that. kind of fun I for love me that. to kind of go back in time. Are you, s- are you serving it in a, in a porcelain terrine with a no, duck on not. top? Okay. No, we're not. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Nice. Now, but are you one of these like big Ophel guys? Like, like, do you have a baseball cap that says Ophel is life and stuff I like that? I don't, but <laughs> I, I, I do love it. I, I remember growing up, my mom would cook liver. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was horrible when she did it. Sorry, mom. But, um, but when I moved to England, we had calves liver on the menu as one of our lunch dishes, yeah. and it just changed my life. There you go. There you go. So I, you know, a classic answers. Uh, last one: tasting menus. I'm gonna say right because we're actually working on one here. <laughs> nice. Oh wow! Yeah, we right. we cool. I, we're again uh, with here with just being so classic the menu yeah. that we wanted. I wanted to kind of you know the cooks were asking the, the right. two chefs wanted. Hey chef, we want to have a little fun. And yeah. I said okay. Well, first we got to get this right. This yeah, right. exactly. Then we'll work, on then we'll so work I'm into say it. Right because I think done right and it's not. Everything for everybody. I think it, you know. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm kind of excited of to see how, and now it's going to have the steakhouse theme yeah. to it. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I, I love like um, where was it? I think it was Del Posto once, where you like mm-hmm. you get the pasta tasting menu, yeah. and like even though it's right. not this, you don't think it's maybe a tasting menu restaurant. If you just stay within that theme, you can create some yeah, really absolutely. glorious yeah. stuff. So I think it's going to be fun. So that might be fun. a nice way to get a bunch of different types of cuts yeah. and different aging process. Yeah. That's going to be. I'm going to come back. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll come back before then. And I think yeah, as long as you stick in the tune of the restaurant, I think it's great. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jason McLeod. Last thing we do. It's called 86th. It's 86th. Something in, in the world or your world or the restaurant world. I've been waiting for this. Uh, <laughs> that you want to 86 and get rid of. Chefs or restauranteurs fighting with reviewers. Ooh. Like they, you know, when yeah. they, they, 
someone writes a negative review and they write right back yeah. and challenge yeah. them. I, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, I don't know. It, to let me, it, it's let, just it let, it, let it go. You know, it's, yeah. I, whenever I read reviews or Yelp reviews or any of those things, I kind of read between the lines and I kind of say to myself, look, could that have happened in the restaurant? Yeah, maybe. Or is this person just a crazy person and they're just going to be crazy forever? I think we lose by doing it. Yeah. I think we just give them a voice, a bigger voice. Yes. I attention to it. First of all, great answer. I totally agree with you. Um, and it's unfortunately just sort of the climate of the times as well. But chefs have been doing it well before politicians Absolutely. seemingly have been doing it. Uh, oh, they're not right. I think, like you said, the, and you, you do, you have such a good vibe about you. It's yeah. like there's always something right in there. Yeah. Maybe there was something wrong. Maybe there, there, there is something that they didn't get. You know, they didn't just get it, right? Mm. But there's always something in there that, like, you're like, yeah, we could do that better. And we should, in a way, be thanking the fact that, you know, we have people that can, like, in real time sort of review our restaurants. Yeah. Uh, even, like, when it comes to, like, whatever, Yelp. I, I, yeah. Anything, you know. And I think it just, to me, it's like, I don't know, I, I posted a photo of the Wellington on yeah. Instagram. And someone said, oh, you couldn't come up with a better presentation? I'm like, it's a classic it Wellington. Right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> right. it's, to me, it's like, I, I guess it's just it's okay that's that's what the times are in people are going to have it mm-hmm. but i also have faith i guess in people reading the reviews that they're going to see the same thing True. i do this person's just crazy yes you know? exactly and every review they've written is the same tone so, so. Did, did you delete the person who commented on the no, one i didn't actually. oh I, I didn't see you're a bigger yeah, man than yeah, i am I didn't. I, well, well i probably wouldn't do that i can get yeah <laughs> I'm not getting rid of a follower for nothing. <laughs> yeah. I guess it. De- I guess it depends what they're saying. No one gets blocked. Yeah, I mean, if it got really rude, then yeah. Yeah, no block yeah, zone. Yeah, no block zone. What is your what's uh what's your social handle? Ironside Chef. Ironside Chef. Go check out Jason McLeod uh, here at Born and Raised, also running Ironside, and how many other restaurants? Eleven other. Yeah, thirteen. A couple more properties. Yeah, uh, they're they're all fun. They're all delicious. Uh, if you make it into San Diego, you got to check out his restaurants uh, right after or before you check out one of one of our restaurants Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Um, thanks so much, Jeff, for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. And you want to do it again? I'd love to. Yeah, let's Please. do it again. We'll get I'm we'll get Troy Johnson here. in here or some other like uh, you know San Diego Absolutely. media types, and we'll just we'll just bash Troy the whole episode. Absolutely. And thank you for coming to San Diego. We're happy to have you guys. Dude, here. so happy to. Just, isn't it a great like vibe? It's like really I love that. Like it is. There's not. I mean, I think we are getting. Yeah. It's hard to be stressed. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a sort of fraternity sorority situation. Yeah. We love each other. Uh, and, and we all, and this neighborhood specifically, we, we've, we've really yeah. made this neighborhood really, really great. Uh, do us a favor, everyone, jump on over to Apple Podcasts and uh, hit subscribe. Uh, it helps with the algorithm. If you really are feeling uh, this episode and want to do us a big favor, um, also write a, a review. We're right around 200 reviews. We have a five-star review. It's not as impressive as two Michelin stars that Jason <laughs> McLeod has, but it's still kind of impressive. It's a five-star Uh, podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. That was an awesome podcast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, And thank you to our sponsors who made this episode possible. Green Chef, get $50 off your first box. GreenChef.us slash Richard. Nectar Sleep, get $125 off and two free pillows with any mattress. NectarSleep.com slash starving. And of course, TrueCar. Visit TrueCar for a better car buying experience. Until next week, everyone, stay hungry.